Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of So You Think You Can Fanon. Currently, Hurricane Ian is ravaging the country, but Florida is an important state. Not because of the Gators, because it it contains my SCPOC researcher Greg Chudley, but you know him better as Jake. Um, he is without power, and Kai is stressed and tired, so he is not here. But to make up for it, we have with us today the Lord of Beating Women, Sean Sexum. Sean okay. Sexum. I, I would say that specifically. Yeah, maybe, 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 I even I some limits. Maybe we should uh, not. I don't even get the proximity yeah. of woman, so don't imply that. Yeah, come on, neo Nazis. Maybe pull that down from like notch fifteen down to like notch eight. Would you, Serge? <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, look. it was a joke. <laughs> for legal reasons that was a joke <laughs> i wanted to be on record that this is all that that, that was a joke okay but yeah, yeah we tell for jokes legal on reasons this we are required to disclose yeah. that sean sexism has never seen a woman yeah i don't know what a woman really is but yes we are we are here with sean saxum uh featuring us fanon or er, fanon pals uh Equinox, Doodles, and Matt. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, because we're down a few people and that we wanted to have a little fun, uh, this is going to be the start of our, uh, I believe, our month-long series, possibly, question mark. Potentially, maybe, conceivably. Potentially. Possibly. And uh, we don't want to we don't want to jump into anything too crazy without them just yet, so... That being said, uh, this is just going to be sort of a catch-up episode, a session zero, if you will, for what's to come uh, related to SCP, because obviously we have Sean here, and usually when we have Sean, it's either going to be about Ram Ranch or it's about people that we need to secure, contain, and protect. Oh, yeah. Like, not and, woman. And, yeah. and on that note... naked cowboy. <laughs> on that note... Um, <laughs> Let's, uh, I wanted to talk to Sean about, um, some stuff I've gotten into with being an SCP author, uh, for background, as I, I've mentioned it, a co- I've mentioned the story, um, before on the episode we did with borderline panels, but this will be the, what, like the, I believe full unabridged version of what's been happening. Um, yeah, I so, the very beginning was you asked me for a prompt, right? Yeah. So, the, so how, how this began is, you know, we did Jesus, that didn't work. We did the fan wiki, that didn't work. So I was like, okay, enough comedy. Maybe we just can't do comedy on the wiki. Our sense of humor just doesn't work with people. And I asked Matt for a prompt. And Matt gave me... Matt, Matt made... Well, so Matt gave me basically the death note. You, you touch or you read the book, it makes a story... And it kills you. But then Matt made a very, very, very bad mistake. Because you know what Matt said? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It should have yeah, like six good. out of nine on it. You know, so like that there's more. And this, I ran with this. And I've turned it into an entire canon on its own. Um, so now there is... Yep. All, Sergio all, made his all, own... He's basically at his own hub at this point. Yeah, my... my, my oh, wait, you did my, this, didn't you? My yeah, my author page is b- basically basically a hub, um, because all of my stories take place in the same universe and they use the same characters and they use the same narrative. So if you click on any of my pieces, you can expect to see like the same characters and the same events being referenced. And at the moment, there are one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight SCPs that comprise this, um, two group of interest formats, and two tales. Um, and, you know, it's been really fun, like, learning how to make articles and building the story in this universe. And so things are going decently well in the beginning. I drop uh, what is known as Izanami's Grimoire, which is the book that kills you. And then for the second one, um, I decide that it's going to be a little thing called Festus's Anomalous Weapons Manual. It is a book you write, you write like a weapon or an armor that you want, like AK-47 with a toaster. It makes you an AK-47 with a toaster. Um, you want like a like a beam rifle or like a melt a gun for Warhammer 40k? It'll make you it. One sec. Well, it, it'll tell you the recipe for it, though, right? It won't make it for you, but it will generate the recipe. Yeah, for yeah, you. yeah. It, it it generates it generates schematics so you can build it, and it makes materials so you can um uh actually build the thing like it'll make like anomalous metals and stuff so you can actually make the stuff that you like wrote in it yeah. ah interesting yeah I, I really liked how sergio ran through the uh the idea for the book because like like he said um it doesn't actually make it for you but it will generate every possible schematic that you need to make anything and it, and it truly is limitless but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily possible for you to achieve like if you told it to make a gun that can blow up the universe it would show you the schematics to make a gun that would blow up the universe but it might require that you condense like 18 stars into the size of a peanut or something like that to um, make my parents superior. are calling for me so i'll be right back feel free to talk oh, about fantastic. some other stuff while i'm gone yep yeah it was a it was a really fun scp idea from him to uh to explain there was a really funny thing uh, since Sergio isn't here and he'll hear this when he's coming back to the recordings. One, hi, future Sergio. Uh, secondly, <laughs> um, neither Sergio nor this other person that Sergio corrected knew how Goss rifles work. So I'm going to go into a little tirade. Uh, Michael and Mr. Sex. Yeah, what's up? What is a Goss rifle? Do you know uh, what a Goss funny, rifle is? Is that the funny thing that's on the, the back of a warthog in Halo? Like that there that. is a variant of the of the warthog that has a Gauss rifle on it. Yes, it's a weapon. Uh, it's a weapon. Is it, it like a railgun? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. In fact, that's exactly what it is. Railguns are a type of Gauss weaponry. I am happy that you said that because I had no clue. Oh, it's a coil gun. It's a... Yeah, it's, it's coil guns and railguns. They both principally use the same idea, which is to magnetically accelerate your bullet down your trajectory you do not have any explosives in your projectile so like a normal bullet you know you tap the back of it its ass explodes like a man after eating taco bell and then it gets launched out the end of the barrel because the explosive propellant is trapped and it only has one way to go which is to push the bullet out of the barrel magnetically though the interesting thing with it is one you have more control over it two it principally could cause less damage to your gun than explosions would but we'll get to that in a minute and also magnetic acceleration is way the fuck stronger than explosive propellant assuming you have the power for it uh, we actually already have real rail guns in real life however they are only on warships they are only on giant fuck off battleships because 
the amount of power you need to make a scary projectile is way more than you could conceivably put in a tank or any large land vehicle. You really need a nuclear-powered ship in order to get the kind of power that you need. But the power that you need gives you a hell of a package. One of my favorite things to show people, and I will just visually describe it for the audience and you guys, is they had a railgun positioned in such a way that it was aiming down a field. And this field in its trajectory were 14 half-inch thick steel plates, right? 14 of them stacked together so that you've uh-huh. got, like, big field and then suddenly, bing, 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 maybe a couple inches apart from each other, you've got these half-inch steel plates that are held up there. It might even be a full inch thick of steel, but these are fucking thick pieces of armor here. And the railgun, when they fired it down range into those steel plates, it ripped straight through all 14 of them and still had power to go at the end of it. And that projectile, that little projectile that it launched down there, do you want to know how much it cost to make? Probably in the millions. The projectile itself only cost eight bucks. Because all you need for a railgun is ferromagnetic material. That's all you need. Gotcha. That's all okay. you need. Now, it might have actually been a little bit more than eight bucks, but say compared to a missile. Right. Yeah. It's incomparably cheaper. Incomprehensibly cheaper, in fact. But the problem, of course, is not the projectile. It's the gun. And the real world problem with railguns right now is one that Sergio's SCP managed to solve, which is overheating. When you have a shit ton of electricity going down the railgun to cause the magnetism to occur, it melts through almost anything. And in fact, even on the guns where we have a working idea for it, firing it causes problems in the gun because this is the interesting thing. Despite the fact you're not physically touching your projectile at any point in the process, it still is providing kickback there's still an equal and opposite reaction from the projectile going downrange, which is somewhat unintuitive it was unintuitive to sergio and is unintuitive to this other guy that i'll get to in just a second but i was explaining it to him and i had sergio write up his idea of how the goss rifle worked i saw that it wasn't really what i was thinking so i just did my usual editing thing which is that i just rip it out of his hands and i write down my own thoughts and then we talk about that but sergio got into an argument with somebody And this is what made me very proud of Sergio. Sergio got into an argument with this guy and he was trying to explain to him that yes, Gauss rifles do in fact have recoil. You can't just get past Newton's third law. And this other guy just wasn't getting it. And I I believe my explanation to him was if you've had one of those weird little bean magnets and you tried to push it against another magnet, like it's pushing you. You can't get it to do it if you're not strong enough to get it to to get close to it. Like if you put two magnets at the the same end together, that's what's happening in a railgun essentially on very small scale. So if you punch the magnet with the same ended magnet, you just made a railgun with your hands. Pretty cool, pretty based, quite epic. Ooh. Yes, and uh, it won't kill anybody. Probably, maybe. <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't do it. Actually, legal advice: don't punch people with magnets. 
That sounds so awesome. What are you talking about? I'm gonna punch, I'm gonna punch people with, with magnets now. That's like my thing. You, you've heard you've heard of like you've heard of like a what is it like a a brass knuckle. Now get ready for the magnet knuckle. The mag knuckle. It, it does nothing, but if they have piercings, they're just gonna feel a fuck ton of force. I'm gonna go they punch a woman with a magnet. Die. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Can I hit a yeah, man is, with a magnet then? I'm gonna get canceled uh, for this. Can I punch a cis man with a magnet? Uh, uh, no, you'll get arrested for assault and battery. If they have batteries, is that going to charge the magnet then? <laughs> Sean gets it. Sean gets it. I was it. trying to think of something funny to say there, and you just did it. Yeah, like, I was like, uh, there's, there's a joke to make with battery. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know what it is, though. But, but you yeah, did it. Uh, From what I was able to get with the SCP talk, because I was talking with Sergio on our little drive back to our Airbnb at Colossal Con East about the SCPs, because I wanted to figure out like what he was doing with it, because I'm someone who really likes planning things, especially when it comes to fiction. Like, I need to know where my end goal is, so that way I can slowly build up to reach that goal, and to make sure that what ends up happening within that, like, sort of spectrum of story and fiction makes sense and is able to logically get there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm really not a huge fan of death, like character death, unless it like makes sense for the story. Because while it is tragic for a character not to get to that ending and finally, you know, get whatever their comeuppance is or just some kind of other, you know, ending to their story and just have it be resolute and feel complete. Nine times out of ten, especially when it comes to like, you know, tabletop stuff, I just feel like it doesn't really work a whole lot since it's usually pretty sudden and like, yeah, it's realistic or whatever, but like there's not a whole lot of control. So I I want to figure out where the story is going specifically when it comes to this SCP. And I, and you know, I picked Sergio's brain a bit because I love fiction. He loves fiction. He's the one that's writing all these SCPs. And we sort of just had like a little bit of a brainstorm of like what the goal of this whole thing should be. And like uh, some of the books and, just all that in a bag of chips. It was, it's really interesting just sort of figuring things out because as someone who's sort of standing on the outside of like the SCP community in terms of writing and just, you know, interacting with it, it seems like there's a lot more work that goes into this sort of thing than I expected. Like I was just like expecting just sort of a basic, uh, ex- you know, it's just fiction or whatever, but, you know, it's collaborative. So you have to sort of work in with those tones as well just mm-hmm. that was you know interesting to think about mm-hmm. yeah for sure very interested yes. to read this now yes yes have the, you guys uh, read it on the podcast which uh, one sergio's scps yeah uh the book specifically but uh, we, any of them really I don't uh, we, or or the the weapons was the i book? don't think so I don't because think we did I think yeah, we, uh, I think we operate off the principle that if we're doing anything SCP related, we want it to be showcasing other people's work. Interesting. Like, okay, that makes sense. If we're like, we can talk about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's like if you're coming to the SCP episode, you want to hear about new SCP that we don't have a hand in, or if we're talking about stuff that like someone has a hand in, it's usually like an interview or something with that author. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm that kind I of way that. as well, just like, uh, specifically, like, I, I feel like I'm in this camp, I'm not sure about Matt, but like, I like having my work speak for itself, so i rather just let it be. 
Mm, I think I'm uh, I'm all over the place depending on what my work is specifically. I think uh, I am back. I've got around to writing something serious. Oh, hey, Serge. Welcome back. What are you guys talking about? We had, intricate, we had an intricate discussion about Goss rifles. Yes. I really? Uh, I explained what Goss rifles were. Yes. I, uh, that's very intricate cor- discussion. Yeah. Yes, you took my you took my information and you corrected a chud about a about what a Goss rifle actually does with recoil. Yeah. Was very we proud. Were... I, I was very proud of you. Then we were discussing possibly yeah. doing uh, magnet knuckles. You know, instead of brass knuckles, we do magnet knuckle- knuckles. I'll so call them the maggles. The ma- <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, maggot. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, 6952 is basically just my excuse for, like, to come up with, like, cool weapons for, like, my MTF to use, which are called the Street Samurai, which are is based oh. off of the class from Shadowrun. I've also had two people, two, two, two people now uh, have referenced 6952 in their articles. Uh, I had somebody use a, a boron adamantium uh, to contain their SCP, and somebody fed their SCP my weaponizable butter that I invented for 6952, which is butter with a pH of one. Uh, of one. So it's basically just like lye, but butter. Fantastic. That's actually really Damn. cool. That's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, so, we heard about that chud with the magnets. You gotta tell us about another chud in, in you know. Alright, so, so yeah, I'm... I- you know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 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 getting around to the the drama behind sixty nine fifty two. So made that first one working on this weapons manual. Uh, it's at this point that I'm introduced to a up and coming group of interest called the Valraven Corporation, which I sent, um, uh, which which I, I talked with you a little bit about Sean um, for doing something on them for Foundation Files. But for the audience that doesn't know about the Val, um. The op- the for the audience who doesn't know about the Valraven Corporation, it is a the the whole gist of it is that they're an anomalous mercenary slash private military company um, that basically is in a sort of uneasy alliance with the SCP Foundation and the GOC uh, because both organizations could just wipe them off the face of the map, but they decide Valraven is an is a necessary evil to have in the world when in the like the like the like the darkest corners of the world if you need someone to take out some anomalous group of rebels or like you're a poor country that's being attacked by someone you can hire val raven as the last like they're the guys you call when like shit really get like hits the fan but also in the sort of way of like you 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 don't want to call them kind of deal um and i think i i immediately latch on to them because i see that they have female all female cyborg unit and i immediately go cyberpunk sisters of battle i'm in (laughs) so i want to include them in my article and i as i'm reading on the hub it says that val raven stories tend to get kind of political i mean we're dealing with like governments hiring mercenaries so what is the only political thing that i care about the war going on in ukraine (laughs) Which is where I, which is where I fucked up majorly. So the the plot of the article is basically Valraven comes to the foundation and they go, look, our Valkyries were on a mission in Ukraine. Ukraine had hired them to defeat some mer- some Russian mercenaries, and they got a hold of this book. Here's the book. Give us information on this SCP, and we're solid. The foundation goes, 
all right, we'll take the book. And then I decided to kind of, because I I really wanted to explore like foundational geopolitics of like what happens when a war breaks out between two countries with like an SCP branch and like, you know, sites have to be evacuated because people are being conscripted and they can't watch the anomalies anymore. And like these, um, these facilities are falling behind like, you know, enemy lines and on the front and things are getting dangerous and these anomalies are spilling out. So I wanted to really like explore that in this article and also just the general thoughts of like the researchers who are like, we could, we could save people. We could fix this, but but we can't because we're the foundation and we're not supposed to do that. Um, so I make the article, I show it to like a bunch of people. They critique it. Nobody says anything about it. They go, oh, I like how you handled that. Um, yeah, you got those Wagner motherfuckers. Fuck them or whatever. So I'm like, all right, good. I post it. Goes up to plus 14. I had to I had to Texas with my buddy Jake. I forget about it. I decided to check it in the middle of the, um, of the road trip. And I've got, it's down to like five. And I've got like a bunch of different people. Um, I got called a ghoul. Uh, never been called that before. Um, but yeah, mo- most of them were like, "This is too sci-fi for the SCP Foundation." Um, uh, is this too fan fictiony? Um, you shouldn't talk about real, real-world events. I mean, I know you mentioned some war criminals in here, and I, I agree that everything that you said they did is like the the things that they do, but not a, not a good luck, pal. And you know, I I make I make a I make a I make a I make a fair comment where I'm just like, listen, I never meant to offend anyone. I was never advised that this that this might have been a bad idea. I just wanted to write about something that I like I care strongly about. Obviously, that doesn't appease them at all. We get back from the convention, it's down to like negative eight. Um they I believe somebody called a Ukrainian admin to come look at it. Because my first thought when I got home was like, well, back to Jake's house was okay. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a hold of one of them, and I'm I'm gonna have them look at it and like work through it with them to make sure that I'm like that that I didn't actually offend anybody who I, I wrote about. And this admin actually goes, oh, this is pretty cool. Actually, I think you should lean more into the darkness of the the material you were talking about. But at this point, it's about to be deleted. So I um. I rewrite it. I, I, I do like the, you know, just the illusion, like, oh, a mission to Eastern Europe and just kind of like, you know, talk about the thing without actually talk about the thing, kind of using like a stand in. And initially it does fine. It goes back up to plus 14. I get like a few of the, the, the ghoul comments or whatever, whatever. I start writing other things. Then um, once the Valraven Corporation hub goes up, it gets more attention because people are going on the on the, the hub and finding it and downvoting it. And it goes down to four and, and and initially I was like, okay, I'm not going to like I'm not gonna like like if it goes behind zero, I'll rewrite it again. Um But you know, I'm focusing on my other stuff. Um but I, I'm at I'm at a I'm at a it sixty nine fifty two is referenced in all of my stuff. Like it has to be up on the site. Like it's it's not a take the out like like it's got to be up there. So I'm initially going on and on, and then I find a tweet from Rounder House um, th- that was uh, that was like from six days ago where he was like, I don't um, I don't talk about articles 
Uh, but uh, sixty nine fifty two, um, needs to be rewritten, and and uh, he got the he got the number wrong. Um, which is another thing where I was like, you're you're going to send so many things against people, buddy. Um, and then somebody wrote, whoever wrote 6952 better rewrite it before things get worse. And I'm like, are is people going to come come to my house and beat me up? Like, <laughs> is it going to get downvoted more? And then like I go to the SCP Discord. Um, I go to the SCP Discord and type in Valraven, which apparently has been getting a lot of discourse um, on Twitter and in the Discord. Um, people are calling it a neo-Nazi group of interest because they're Nordic-themed, and Nordic mythology is used by neo-Nazis, so there's a there's a connection there, you see. Um, uh, they're calling the people who write for it, like, weird right-wingers and neo-Nazis and how, like, next they're gonna deploy Valraven to fight BLM in January 6th. I'm sitting there, it's like, why on earth would I write that? And then and then you got the, the people who are like, well, they take out um, insurgents, which means they fight for totalitarian states. And I'm like, well, they're, they're not supposed to be the good guys anyway. But, I mean, the main villains of the Foundation are a group called the Chaos Insurgency. So, you know, there's that. Um, I also ended up getting called, like, an insensitive 4chaner <laughs> in the Discord chat. But I see all of this stuff, and I'm like, okay, fine. I guess you guys win. I'm going to rewrite it. So, I rewrite it, and I think it's better than it ever is before. And I also got a great idea to hopefully stop the neo-Nazis comparison, is that I have begun introducing other pagan branches of the Valraven Corporation. So there's like a Mesoamerican branch now, and there's a, a Greek branch in the new 6952. I post it, and the controversy of the article works in my favor, because all of those downvotes become upvotes, and it's at 22, baby. And I go to the, I go to the <laughs> Discord, and they're like, oh, it's back. And then they're like, Fanon said he heard us. I guess I'll read it or whatever. And um yeah, I just I just enjoyed the the coping and and the seething um that people were doing. Um there were also people in there who were just like telling like um somebody asked like how do you guys think they should be written and then people were like oh well they sh they should write war comedies. Valraven should be a, a comedic organization. And then like I found a really childish post um, that was just like, yeah, we should make our own mercenary company and then, and then write about them beating these Viking cosplayers. And I'm like, are, are you guys children? Like what? So yeah, that, that, that is, that is, that is the entirety of the 6952 drama. Uh, the discord has, has effectively sh shut up about 6952, um, <laughs> which, 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 which I, I'm, I'm glad for, um, because Oh yeah, that's another thing. I replied to that that one tweet I mentioned about the it getting worse, and I was like, I don't know what you mean by getting worse. I've I've rewritten it, and I hope everybody enjoys it. And then this person goes, "Well, you don't know about how many people were whispering about you on Twitter and in the Discord. It would have gotten worse." And I'm just like, "Are you guys gonna cancel? Like, it's not against the site rules. Are you guys gonna cancel me? Are you gonna downvote the article?" 
because because cl clearly as much as you hate my stories because i also saw people like bashing the tales that i wrote it's like none of you guys downvoted them how am i supposed to get better if you don't comment on the articles if you don't think my writing's any good comment so i can get better and don't just fucking whisper about me and other people in the discord you know that is pretty Every annoying because like, everybody who writes for Valraven is a person of color. The creator is is Mexican. The other person who they complain about because he wrote about the Kosovo War um, is a Filipino Marine who just likes writing military fiction because it's just what he's currently like going through. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was a hefty call-out post. Yeah, <laughs> it was a it was it, it was a a, 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 um, a healthy call out post. Um, it was mostly um, uh, see the reason why stuff like this doesn't bother me is that is that the people who are complaining are the people who literally downvote all of my articles every time. Um, uh, there's a guy named uh, Jackal related who's downvoted literally everything that I've written, and on my recent article he downvoted again. I was like, Jackal, it's so glad to see you again. Hitting me with that downvote. I like honestly, I missed him. Like, like I post an article and I would wait five minutes. Like, come on, Jackal, hit me with that downvote. Damn. I mean, when it comes to fiction and just like you know fan fiction in general, I don't really like. I shouldn't be shocked that there is people, you know, discussing behind people's backs about that sort of thing. I mean, that's kind of what we do here anyways. Like we, we don't really give critique to Mr. Freeney about chain of memories to yeah, hope I, that I, it gets better. But like at the same time, like this is a, I mean, this is a our community. platform essentially. Yeah, this is this our is a, stuff. Yeah. This is a community driven platform of, you know, writers trying to make something together I feel like it only makes sense to reach out to these writers and give proper critique so that way everyone, you know, can improve. It just, it, it sort of makes a whole lot of sense that way. Yeah, like, like, me. like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, 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 if this, like, like, obviously it's like, you know, you can talk about whoever you want. The, like, you know, I'm not like trying to like, like both sides of it because obviously, you know, we talk about people on this podcast and whatever and we give our honest opinions. Um, but, you know, there, there, there. You can DM me on Wikidot. You can leave comments because I'll, the problem with the first time was the comments were basically, "I'm offended," and then I said, "Well, how can I fix it? How can I make it more less in insensitive?" I don't know. You shouldn't have talked about it in the first place. Like that was just so many comments. Too fanficy. Too sci-fi. I'm offended. And it's like that's not real criticism. Like, there's a guy named um, Uncle Nicolini on the website who hates Valraven. He hates Valraven to the point that when he added it to the Group of Interest Field Guide, he left a note that just said, adding Valraven, sigh. And um, somebody made somebody made a, a Valraven article. Um, uh, that It's like Valraven in Vietnam. And the guy, which I, I, I read through it before he posted it, and maybe I should have thought about this, but... He has Val Raven, who I will also mention is supposed to be an anti-hero slash villainous organization, use a former Nazi scientist to build the super weapon, and of course it got downvoted to oblivion. Oh, it's you know, Uncle Nicolini's like, oh, it's offensive. So, back to the drawing board, I'm like, alright, look, look, that wasn't a good idea. Remove the Nazi bit, remove the Nazi bit, and just fix up the dialogue and repost it. He reposts it, it's doing well. Uncle Nicolini came, comes back. Well, it's not offensive anymore, but now it's just dull. And I'm like, dull isn't real criticism. How can he fix it? How is he supposed to get better if you just say, 
it's dull. It's boring. Like that is that is a problem I have with the wiki, which which is which is a twofold thing. One, oh, you're not a, you're not a guaranteed cr- criticism um after you've posted it. Well, how is how is how are people go- supposed to get better? And two, ju- comments like that that are just oh, I I don't I don't like the fact that you talked about that or oh, I, like 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 that that stuff isn't helpful like like to the people like writing it like there are so many t- like like like, like there's so many times where i see an article just get like a like a downvote pile on it and then nobody bothered to comment same thing with like a recent article i posted that's at like plus 9 which makes it like my least successful svp article but nobody nobody left a comment like i don't know like why like why isn't this getting more traction are people just not voting it like cuz like like in the morning it was at like plus 4 and it was going like in between but like cuz i was like oh maybe may- maybe i'll have to rewrite this but sitting with a plus 9 and i've gotten barely any criticism on it so it's just like 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 why didn't you guys like it i i i know you group of people who downvote my articles i knew you weren't going to like it but even then for the people who downvote all of my articles seemingly on principle what am I doing wrong? Why don't Why don't you like my stuff? You know? I think the the major thing is just um, they are giving criticism. It's just too vague to like help you pinpoint exactly what the problem is. You know, like yeah, I mean, the, like a down a downvote is criticism, but it's not constructive yeah, criticism. Yeah, I get. It. Yeah, that's what you know. That's what I mean. But like you know, comments like oh, it's it's too dull or it's boring, like that's it's it's criticism because something's not appealing to them but it's also not exactly like honed in enough yeah it doesn't really give you a tip into where you're supposed to get and i I feel like that's sort of like a weird i guess side effect of just fiction critique in general because like i feel like movies sort of have that same thing like everything that's like a work of art sort of has that thing and i think it certainly helps if people were to sort of understand that like scps are works of art and they're vulnerable parts and extensions of the authors that they are creating for people to see for the world to see and giving them actual you know critique of like some of the things that you may not have liked or just possible suggestions on what you know how to maybe change things or maybe suggest things for next articles like stuff like that would just help overall i know this is something that uh I've had happen in like the Rivals of Ether workshop community where a, someone will say a character is broken and then just not really specify why they're broken. And if they mm-hmm. do specify why they're broken, it's usually a pretty di- like it's it's usually a pretty easy thing to like solve and just be like you just need to get better, motherfucker, dumbass. It it's really weird having that sort of uh open-ended communication with two different artists and creators. Because you come to that point where the audience and the creators are on that same playing field and they can sort of discuss with each other as if they're uh, like colleagues rather than like, you know, just strangers in the alley. But yeah, and I, I got to give a compliment. In, in, instead of dunking on someone, I'm going to lift somebody up. A fabled tiefling um, who is a staff member on the site. Somebody I asked to be on the podcast, but I just, we, we ended up not finishing the communication on when he would be on the show but tiefling has been very good like on my own articles because somebody 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 wrote oh you d- dumb researcher comments uh on on things uh 
make me pissed off. And Tiefling was like, hey, buddy, against the rules. Um, because in my, uh, my Datto Guide to Designer rugs, I had, like, researcher comments. And it's, it's Chudley, so they're, like, funny. Like, there's one where um, if you put Datto fan art onto, like, a wall scroll, it draws Datto as a sexy anime man. And Chudley's like, that's based. <laughs> Okay, or like really even in the articles. even in the like the the discord when like i think it was lord xvnv who was like val raven is just a pro uh, a pet project between four authors and tiefling was like that's cool just let them do their thing yeah i feel like that's kind of how things need to just be is just kind of let them do their thing if it's like really atrocious and it kind of brings down the site like the cum chief i think that's a different story <laughs> no the but... cum chief uplifted the website along with the butt spoons <laughs> but what are the cum chief and the butt spoon are you guys you making lot, these no like, on the, no, the, no, no the butt lot, spoons are real butt spoons oh, are real jesus all right we have a lot to tell you how did you miss butt of... spoons yeah i'll post it in the chat butt spoons but i mean there's you know there's a lot that we can sort of discuss about fiction and i feel like this kind of great like sort of the guides us into our you know our next topic because i do want to actually well, before i move on oh okay i do oh. want to say i haven't really said anything this like entire time but i do want to say yeah, yeah, i yeah, yeah, read yeah. the original article so i can't really comment on what happened there but i think you handled it well from the sounds of things i mean it also sounds like you didn't really respond to the criticism by like being angry at all you just were you were even like to the one guy who said it's gonna get worse you're just like oh well i've changed it now so i mean you know if you like it now it's there i thought that was pretty uh respectable i i respect that i've seen a lot of people on the wiki do the exact opposite it's not great yeah because uh, like, like like to me it's like if you're just gonna threaten to keep whispering about me on the like i'm in the discord i'm watching <laughs> you guys talk about me just not by like name or whatever like because, like, 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 to me, it's just, like, if you want to tell me how my article is, like, you know, that it's right there. Like, if you guys don't like it so much, just downvote it a bunch and I'll, I'll rewrite it. Like, Right, and I respect know, that. I think, that's a, I think that's a really good way to handle this that a lot of people could probably learn from on the site. Yeah, like, yeah, like I'm, not, I'm not just going to start fucking throw hand, throwing hands with every, like, person who just, like downvotes me or just like says like you know oh i think you should write them about this i was like well you're not me if 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 you want to write the group of interests that i'm a fan of a certain way go right ahead um i'm gonna keep writing them the way i want to write them like why didn't your story because like I, that was another thing is people going oh i read his valkyrie tale and they were all like like it was all about them being like like comrades and being friends and they shouldn't focus on the horror of war and i'm just like it wasn't said in a war in a war zone buddy they they got hired to fight some yakuza i think that's oh. cool that is like something i actually hate about this wiki a lot is people just like having their own like preconceptions of what an article should be like because of something about it or even just like having this one thing that they dislike in articles, so it's like they immediately downvote. Like, uh, like having like hating researcher notes, for example. So dumb. It's so dumb. There's like so many people writing articles on this website. Not everything is gonna fit your specific expectations. Yeah, uh, of, yeah. Like, I, these I, little things. It's not like bad writing. It's just something you don't like. Yeah, I, I get that a lot with how I like characterize my research, especially because like the like the character of Greg Chudley and the character of the man he is based on is that Greg Chudley is a talented 
researcher at the foundation, but he's a shitter. He's cocky. <laughs> he's a human being. And like, I remember I, I, I was going to write in my first article, he, he's, um, he's interviewing like this super badass like chaos insurgent and he sits down and she, she looks at like her restraints and she goes, are these for me or are these for you? And he goes, well, I've never really like, like interviewed anybody who could like murder me with their bare hands. So I'm a little nervous. And people were like, he wouldn't be nervous. He's a professional. And it's just like, I mean, sure, he's a professional, but, like, if you were talking to somebody who could snap their fingers and dis- make make you disappear, wouldn't you be a little, like, uneasy? And this guy was like, yeah, I interview murderers at, the- at this jail. I'm a psychologist, and I'm never afraid. I'm like, if you're never afraid, that's fine. But, you know, if I'm, like, interviewing, like, a serial killer for the first time, I don't really know the guy or how he's going to act, and those guards might not get to me in time if he decides to do something. You know, I might be a little on edge. Or it's just yeah, like, oh, yeah, and it's, it's like, oh, they need to be written more, like, like, oh, they need to be written more professional, or they should act like this. And it's like, I want to write my researchers like actual human beings. They can have breaks in the, like, like in the, like the facade when people are like messing with them. Like in my, in my recent one, both my two characters like come into contact with like the main villain of the whole thing. And she's like getting in their heads and saying stuff like that. And like the, you know, the facade breaks, they're like, you know, like, like that's enough. Like answer our questions and stuff like that. And people are like, yeah, they're, they're not acting like, like they would still be professional. And it's just like this person murdered like dozens of their friends and has literally been tormenting them for the past couple months with all these anomalies. You don't think they wouldn't be a little like unhappy. Mm-hmm. Completely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I hate that kind of stuff. It's so annoying. Also, that guy, the guy who said like um, that he that he does it and like he's never scared. It's like, dude, it sounds like you're talking to somebody on the playground. You're like, ah, never scare me. Like, like you're making fun of that person specifically. It's like this is a character. I got all the superpowers and on the, on the playground. <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my my favorite comment that I got though before 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 we go is uh it was on the Datto article. So, someone goes. Are you writing a series or something? Are you writing a series or something? Because, like, I like this last bit, but, like, I feel like I'm missing something. And I was like, did you notice the earthworm thing that takes you through the series? Um, I see that you've downvoted over half my articles. Um, were you also not paying attention? Did you also not notice <laughs> in the article where I'm referencing the other, like, parts of it? But by name, like, buddy. <laughs> like, if you're gonna come and read all my articles, can, can you like, 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 you should be out. Like, 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 come on, you're, you're you're reading them and you're not liking them. Can can, can we like get on the fucking? I'm I'm gonna get to my fiftieth page and someone's gonna ask me like, is this part of a series? <laughs> Somebody opens uh, the third Harry Potter book. Is this part of a series? Is this, uh, it's, it, I know this was written by a turf, but like, is this part of like a <laughs> ongoing narrative? Of the example I would use. It's, it's like it's like jumping into like Lord of the Rings, like and just going, oh, wait, there's a wait. There, this goes on. Is this like part <laughs> of like a like a like a fran- They're talking about something else beforehand, you know? Like, I it's like <laughs> reading a book called 
well, let's say you read a book called Chain of Memories, for example. And then you <laughs> then you read another book called Chain of Broken Memories, and you saw that there were similar character names in it, and you were like, now, "Hold on a second, now, hold on a minute. This isn't a I, series, is it?" I really feel like I need to watch your episodes on this this Chain of Memories thing because I'm very you curious. Gotta. Oh, you just I, gotta. I mean, you can, or you know, you could just uh, come to YomaCon this year in Detroit, Michigan, and I will hopefully be able to explain it all to you. Going to Michigan? Never. Yeah, that's fair. You but... can tell me that I can go to Michigan right now, get eternal life and riches forever. I would not go to Michigan. You know, that's fair. That's fair. But, you know, I felt like, you know, we've talked quite a bit about uh, the SCP woes. But, I mean, what we're going to be eventually doing once the whole gang is here is uh, uh, something related to SCP. Uh, SCP-7006, which, you know... It's, it's about tabletop gaming. And, you know, Sean, from our conversation beforehand, would you say that you're, you know, big into tabletop role play? No. Yes, right, I would. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, hey, Serge, do you think, uh, do you think that the, uh, the other SCP person that we've had on is available to do this sort of thing? <laughs> no! No, 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 no. I need to... I need to increase uh, my my number of episodes that I'm I'm between them on. I, I have over them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, if you're part of this happen. series, you're immediately you're getting a, a head start. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna message her and brag tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I heard maybe Ram we can get maybe we can get one you. of my detractors. <laughs> what did you say? I'll call up Rounder House and be like, <laughs> "Hey man, I fixed the article. We cool? <laughs> we cool? We besties? We cool? But I uh." You know, we were talking about woes, but, like, we might as well just talk about funny stuff that happens during these tabletop role-playing games, right? Like, everyone's, everyone's got good stories to share about them. And I feel like each of us can at least share one, you know? Of course. I already know which one I'm going to share. Oh, well, I mean, if you already know, you might as well take the reins, buddy. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be real with you guys. I have kind of a flaw when it comes to podcasting. Uh-huh, I'm very yeah. bad at telling stories, I've noticed. That's fair. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways. Do it. Hopefully this is as funny as I think it is. It was very recent. So in a D&D campaign I was in recently, my friend Moderately, Moderately Mediocre, who is also a content creator, very cool person, um, they were running kind of a, it was like a homebrew campaign, I'm pretty sure, set in a a modern day, very horror themed world. Okay. I'm playing a character called Usuk Skuwuk from Hooper Duke. I'm sorry? Usuk Skuwuk from Hooper Duke. Maiden name? Skuwuk? Usuk Skuwuk Usuk Skuwuk from Hooper Duke. From Hooper Duke. There are that bird. sounds a lot. That sounds a lot there like a bird. guy. You want, you want to know that the name like of the guy that, that reminds me of? Well, who? Uh, it reminds me of a man named Sus. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's I think when you get get a hang of it, it's pretty easy. Well there's nothing bad about Sus though. It's you know what? Yeah, you're right. It was bad of me to say something to, to yeah, apply it's, that. It's Sorry, I'm not Namister or anything. No, no, hold on. Who who are you talking about here? You'll have to say his name for me. Uh, who are you talking about here? <laughs> Say it. Can you? Can you? Uh, oh, say, say, say his name. I, I need you to, to to say his name. The guy who isn't Usuk that we were talking about a moment ago, whose name starts with uh, Sergio. Uh, uh, no, uh, I don't like his name either. Move, but move wave, move wave, more sauce. 
<laughs> Matt, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna. I think I'm we're all gonna get canceled on that. Only time you will wumble wumble sus. Yeah, that guy. Uvu 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 yeah so i'm playing um i actually play i actually have made kind of a lot of dnd uh homebrew dnd 5e but you can actually find online under my name sean saxon uh, fun oh, fact wow. the name sean saxon actually comes from my pen name that i used for publishing dnd homebrew on uh the dungeon master or on the the Guildmaster thing, there's like a website for it that's like actually kind of official. You should go check it out. Um, yeah. You can give me money for it, but almost all of it's free. Um, I made one race called the Pavos, which are like peacock people. Oh. Um, like are all about about performance. Like if, you, if you're in a battle and you have a crowd around you, you can appeal to them to get like bonuses and that sort of thing. It's pretty fun. Um, so, but yeah, bird person, modern day. The, the campaign starts with us all in school, right? Kind of setting things up. I am called to the principal's office. I go in. She tells me some stuff. Tells me kind of to snitch on my classmates. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. But I but I think in my head, I'm not going to actually do that because I'm cool. And, uh, and then at the end, I'm like, okay, well... <coughs> can, I, uh, can I go back to my, to my class and stuff? And, uh, and she's like, Usuk, the school day is over. Didn't you hear the bell ring or see the clock that says the, that the school day is over behind me? And I go, oh, I'm sorry. I don't believe in time. And then I walk out. And for the rest of the campaign, my character's core feature is that he did not believe that time existed. Oh, man, that's right up there with my, uh, my brain-empty cleric who firmly believed that penguins grew on trees. That's perfect. Usuk would probably believe the same thing if you told it to him. I'm not gonna lie, he wasn't the brightest. He also could not see windows, um, and he did he did bludgeon himself multiple times once by trying to jump out of one. Oh man, I, I we have a lot of window stories for some reason. <laughs> but I have uh, a at the end of the campaign, story. it actually ended with me freezing time because I didn't believe in it, and that's how we won the last fight. Oh my god, comes full circle. You you freeze time because you just don't believe it exists. Yeah, it was amazing. We were put into like a tournament fight where we had to beat, fight everybody, eat, like fight each other. And uh, the stage workers, right? One of them had only one bottle of water and one of us took it from him. And then he was real sad. And so I got on the stage when it was my turn, flew up into the air. And uh, I called like the attention of the entire audience. And I told them uh, and the stage workers and I encouraged them to unionize. And uh, that's how we won the battle. It ended the tournament. Oh, dude, I love when unionization happens. Can we get a new deal for animation, please, real quick? Just, you know, <laughs> pay pay those people better, please. Seriously, smile. like, it's literally everybody involved in that industry is, like, yeah. translators, people who write the, the subtitles, like, please, God. Exactly, exactly. 
so this character was like was this like a one shot or something or was this like oh no no this was a full-on campaign it was uh it was like a private campaign not not recorded anywhere but it was very fun i i hope to i I ripped out my eye my left my right eye in uh, one of the like the first sessions so that was cool my like whole thing is that my character was say that again did you regrow your eye do you have two eyes still or do you only have one now just one just one okay it was very annoying um saxon lore yeah, yeah, real life. I actually ripped out my eye too. I wanted to feel connected to my character, you know, kind of like a cosplay thing. Oh yeah, true. But um, I <laughs> my character's like whole thing that I had like before the campaign actually started because it eventually turned into me just not believing in time. Instead, was that I had no trauma in my life and I really wanted it because I thought my life was boring and uninteresting. Um, and then I ripped my eye out in like the second session, so it was like okay, well. Guess I got what I wanted. Got a little more there, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I have. Oh, cool. All right. I'm glad that we met this uh, peacock fellow. Oh yeah, Usuk is wonderful. Usuk does sound wonderful. Uh, Sergio or Matt, do you have a story that you want to share about your D and D or tabletop escapades? Well, since we're talking about Windows, how about we share the window story with Sean? Oh, you might as well. The window story. Yeah, the window story. window story. Go ahead, Sergio. It was your character. Yes. Okay, so uh, we had just undertaken a, uh, a stealth mission, uh, and uh, things went loud, and we needed to get out of the castle. So as we're running through the hallway, I notice a, wi- a window nearby, and while well, uh, the, the castle was, you know, overlooking, uh, like, an ocean, and, you know, it's it's fiction, so if we hit the water, we won't break all of our bones and die. We'll just fall into it. You know, like normal. So I'm like, all right, uh, DM Logan, I would like to break the window with my like 20 barbarian strength or whatever. Um, and he's like, yeah, sure. I roll and I crit. And he says, crack that window. And I'm like, all right, just a few more hits. I'm going to hit it again. Another crit. Window cracks even farther. And I'm like, all right, this this has got to be it. I'm going to roll again. I get like a, like a, a 13 maybe but you know the, the window's got to be like completely just like uh, like at the point of shattering so just one more and he goes you hit it and it immediately heals back up because it was a magical window why did you try to hit it it's like because you told me that i could punch it and you gaslit me into thinking that i could break it <laughs> jesus that is so cruel oh my god yeah, it's yeah. because he wanted us to leave the castle in the way he wanted us to leave, and not yes. the a way that we could come up with of how to leave the castle. <laughs> Railroading. You know, he could have said, "Oh, you're too Jesus. high up. There's nothing for you to jump out on. You would just fall into the water and you'd get hurt." And that we could have just kept going, but no, you could you can break the window. Incredible or, railroading. Or, you know, a... you, you could have just been like, you could have just had it said it was like a really high DC and just moved on. Yeah. That too. Was this a, was this a campaign between you guys? I was not a part of it. Uh, it was me, this Jake. This was the first uh, D&D campaign we ever did. At ooh. all. Ever. Well, I, I, I had been in some you. before, but for like Matt and Jake, it was like their first. Yes, and a th- and another person, uh, Garrett. I think I believe that was also his first D and D campaign. Garrett. But this campaign, I'm going to share another story from this campaign. I'm going to share to you how it ended. Oh Very no, not this later. story! Oh no. Very shortly later, <laughs> the Atlanta. nuclear bomb. What? So it's something. Uh, 
we were tapped. So because we did this thing, uh, we went into a ruins that was supposed to be like level four and level one. Because the DM let us do that for some reason. And we made it out just by the hair of our chinny chin chins. And instead of doing the logical thing, which is to restructure the campaign a little bit so that we can get back on the correct level track, he just advances us into like a level eight area when we're level like three. So that's what he wanted to do as the D- uh, what our DM wanted to do. So we had tried to learn at that point how to fight in these unfair conditions. So our friend, God bless him, the most stupid, crazy, asinine friend we had, uh, Garrett, he goes over to the magical MacGuffin that our group had uh, recently reclaimed. And there were only two guards for this international organization that was trying to protect it at this base. Two guards, just two normal guards. He walks up to me and says, Hey, you mind if I take a look at that? They look at each other and they're like, okay, sure. So they let him touch and handle and disassemble and turn the magic MacGuffin into a bomb. (laughs) And uh, they know what it can do broadly. Everybody around us knows what it can do. None of them even attempt, even attempt to stop him. Even think of stopping him. So yada, yada, yada. We go through the unfair dungeon. We're getting our asses kicked. We're in a situation where we're going to die. Probably, maybe, potentially. We're assuming we're going to die because our DM had insinuated to us the last dungeon we were all going to die anyways. And we did have two player deaths from it. So, our friend triggers the bomb. And the DM is trying really, really, really hard to get him to not trigger the bomb. But instead of doing something, his friend, the DM's friend, who came in to play an NPC original character that he'd made just for that one session and then was going to go away, he activated Dimensional Mirror and teleported the DM's villain and the, uh, the friend's original character out of there. And the DM then basically just fucking ended the campaign right there because he apparently allowed us to create beyond a thermonuclear bomb. He let us create a <laughs> continent-shattering, reality-warping death blast that just ended the campaign right then and there. He he did not stop this. He knew this was going to happen for hours, hours of that session. He knew what was going to happen. And he did not. That's, that's awesome. And if I were the DM, I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> Except... The problem is it ended very, very, very angrily with everybody very, very, very upset because okay, maybe not he, he did this in a way that felt incredibly scummy to us because he was basically conditioning us to do everything we could to then like not die in, this, in a dungeon. And then when that happened to us, he had it blow up, kill everybody in the continent. And then he said, yeah, you guys are really fucking stupid. I can't believe you would do that. That was all your fault. I can't. Be- I don't know why you would do that. And it was so frustrating. It was so, so, so frustrating. It's funny okay, if it was in a very a positive funny. campaign, but it was not funny to us at the time. Now, though, it's a hilarious story. Incredibly, incredibly hilarious. 
Okay, I'm not gonna lie. If I was a DM, I would, I would maybe give a little bit more indication, but I would still let you do it. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like I'd yeah. probably indicate what's gonna happen if you do it. But if you did, I wouldn't no end way. the campaign. Though. I would just say like, I would continue it, but with the implications of that, and probably different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would yeah. be kind of awesome. Yeah. No, it was it was very messy, but that's my story. Oh. Yeah, I I might as well share my story real mm-hmm. quick, just because we can. So I'm mostly a, a GM, DM, whatever game depends, you know, whatever game's wording is on it. And uh, I've, I've been running my most recent game of Masks, which is a tabletop game that is basically done with the system of Powered by the Apocalypse. And it's about young superheroes or like Teen Titans and their interpersonal connections with like the older generation and how they mold them into the people that they will eventually be. I, I think it's a really cool system. It's really it's my personal favorite because it's a fiction first uh, system. I really don't like crunchy number systems. I like just being able to be like, yes, I roll, I hit, I get that much damage. You know, I'm very I'm very simple. I want my good story. That's what I want. And mm-hmm. I'm running this campaign. Uh, we've had we have very interesting conversations beforehand before I get into like the big the meat of it of like just world building questions like what's the uh, what's the ice cream place called oh it's called Scooperman because it's a parody of Superman and what about the ramen place oh Brothman and ramen and, like there's you know there's a bunch of other stuff like that and we had a thirty minute discussion about uh, if the TMNT like the the show was a documentary or if it was like propaganda and we. This all culminates in just like us sort of realizing that like this this universe is going to get a little funky, and I think that we can all be in favor of doing this sort of thing. So, if you don't know me, I really like the multiverse theory, and I really like time travel. Those are my two favorite sci-fi plot elements. I think they're really cool. I think they can explore a lot of neat things, and I really like using them to explore things and explore characters. And roughly within like the first session. My party is currently at like this rundown arcade that is no longer in operation called that they refer to as the sticky carpet because the carpet there is always sticky. So they're there, they're organizing their whole thing, and an NPC shows up whose name is Reyna. Reyna is a android sent from the future to come back and fix her future from ending the way it did. Basically, an Ultron level event happens that wipes out most of the heroes and thus she is sent back in time to fix this and not have it happen ever again. And she introduces herself, tells the players that like, Hey, I know that you guys were going to be here. I need your help with something. And the fact that you interact with me will basically force us into a new timeline where things can be fixed. And one thing leads to another and they're like, all right, well, if you actually can travel through time and you have time-based powers or whatever, prove it so she goes okay what's the like what's one thing that you can that, like i can do that won't like destroy anything and uh malcolm who's one of the players he's like this like delinquent guy who knows where the sticky carpet is points to the prize counter and goes get that nintendo 64 out of the cabinet it's for like the longest time in the lore this nintendo 64 that is unopened with mario kart 64 has never been able to get open like after years of this arcade being down and after the gang that used to like run this place tried many, many times to open that case up, there was no way that they could actually open up the Mario 64 case, like the, the, the Mario Kart 64 case with the Nintendo 64. 
So she goes, all right, I'll go do that. Walks over, puts her hand against the, the cabinet and rots the lock so fat, like so far into the future that it forces the thing to open. And they're in shock because now they realize like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. And now the Nintendo 64 is been removed and Rain is just going to keep a hold of it sort of like as a little, little bit. And I'm someone who remembers a lot of D and D bits. I like having running jokes run through my series of campaigns that I run or that I'm a part of, because I think it's fun and it, and it helps keep people attentive to what's going on. And this is the latest session. They reconvene at the sticky carpet uh, and they're discussing about what to do because the, the whole universe is getting fucked up right now because of some magic jester and their game. And they're in the territory of Malcolm's brother who used to run that sticky carpet and they show up and they're having a little bit of friendly talk with Malcolm because they have connections with them. And the guy, uh, one of the t- like one of the dumb pairs, your bulk and skull sort of equivalent, uh, tough and rumble. Uh, he goes, "Hey, did you notice that the Nintendo sixty four was finally taken out? I wonder how that happened." And the entire party loses it. I should specify that like <laughs> this was also the same session where I like quietly sort of confirmed that this magic jester villain that I came up with is a in-universe reason for how crossover events happen. Like, if another universe's characters come over, that's the reason that happens. And that's... It It really... It, it made my players lose it, but sort of the, the short and sweet of the story is I love my running jokes and I love my bits, and I'm going to continue using silly little bits like that just to, you know, treat the players who are actually, you know, paying attention or at least listening in to what's going on. And I, I like when campaigns sort of do that. Me too. That's great. I think uh, the best sort of campaigns are always ones that you can either quote or just remember fond, like funny bits from. I think uh, one of my other ones was we had a dwarf barbarian in my Pathfinder 2E game named Plork Dinkelberg, and he had the spirit animal of a frog which allowed him to use a tongue weapon that had 10 feet of range. So I allowed him to impale kobolds with his 10-foot-long tongue. That's awesome. That's horrifying. That. That, it's great. That does remind me of something really funny. Garrett, Garrett ran a campaign at one point called the Goblin Campaign. And it was going to be a one-shot, <sighs> except it turned into a very long-running campaign, actually. And one of our players, I think it was actually Jacob... He was trying to game the system really, really, really hard, right? And he wanted to make the infinite reach weapon. So what he did, right, was he took this disembodied arm from a guy, right? Just just ripped it off his just ripped off his body. And he stuck his sword right, in that guy's right. arm. He stuck the sword in that guy's arm. And he just basically over Discord turns to the DM and looks him dead in the eye and he says an arm should give it reach right and the DM (laughs) being his own brand of insane asshole looks at me says yeah it is so then this disembodied arm gripping the sword gives the sword plus five feet of reach so what does Jacob do at that point he ties a rope to the arm which is grabbing the sword and then he looks at the dm and he says 
the rope should give the arm reach, right? <laughs> and then the DM said, you get five more feet of reach. If you try for any more, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> so then Jacob had this fucking whip sword zombie arm that could literally hit people from 15 fucking feet away. And I, <laughs> I always loved the thought of this four foot goblin, literal goblin, just whacking you with some dude's arm holding his sword tied to a rope. Jesus Christ. That's pretty metal, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, it's hella metal. Dude, I... I I'm, I, I'm keeping this in mind for next time I, I'm playing D&D. I actually gave my players a, like a, a, a weapon that can vary in range. It was a magic whip that we called the Miracle Whip. <laughs> we, uh... Dude, I, I, I really like just, like, coming up with, like, stupid character ideas. I think my favorite one thus far is a, uh, it's a warlock who used to be a knight and their patrons, like, sort of way to keep in track of them. Cause like, they're, you know, they can use the sword or they can have like, a um, some sort of familiar, uh, they had a set of armor that was basically like a symbiote. So they were basically just venom in a D and D setting. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I do you like that a weird... lot. You got any weird character uh, stuff, Mr. Sexism? I actually am playing a character in a campaign right now that's being streamed for actually recording. Actually streaming it again tomorrow, streaming session two. It's called okay. Zero Charisma. Um, the, the D&D group itself is. I don't remember what the campaign is called. I'm going to be honest. But um, I just recently started it. I am playing Old Man Elmer. He is a, a wizard, a human wizard who has been alive for maybe about 700 years. I don't quite remember how long. But he's just been keeping himself alive through spells, right? Yeah. And one day he just got really bored of it, cursed himself so he can never use a spell again and became a barbarian. Huh. So, yeah, just kind of uh, waiting for the heart disease to catch up. And uh, <laughs> just this really frail old man who has a huge hammer. Um, is like a level, level one barbarian. Probably, he literally was like a level 20 wizard before he actually did this. And yeah. uh, yeah, just can't use spells anymore at all. I love Master Roshi. <laughs> I love and, um, people. <laughs> back to, part of his part of his wizardry studies is that he um, he saw glimpses of other worlds. So his vocabulary does consist of the word pog champ. A little bit too much. Oh <laughs> no, no, I don't no. like this. Go back, fuck, go back, go back. I've been I've been kind of thinking about this. I've been gonna ask the DM, but I kind of want to see if the DM will let me have a magic item called the urban dictionary from some like <laughs> that he got it like some random dealer that like he'll open randomly and be like it has definitions for these strange words that we've never seen in this world like like he opens it and like dylan have you ever heard of joking <laughs> <laughs> dylan have you heard of the cleveland steamer or a charizard <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be too raunchy for this campaign, but I am going to ask him about it. What about maybe he, like, uh, maybe he thinks that it's like a like a spell book that he just doesn't understand how to use. <laughs> so like, joking is like some kind of spell that he, he's tried to activate so many times, but it's just not working. Yeah, they, um, they're, they're my, uh, I forgot. Like my, uh, my favorite character that I've ever played, another Masks game, my very first Masks campaign uh, was a an alien girl 
who came from the moon who only knew about humanity through like the 80s and early 90s and she is like she loves sailor moon she loves like old school like film like she loves planet of the apes and stuff like that and she said you know she says like bodacious and all those other weird quirky words that come from that era and she was trying to build like a, a super suit for her to like sit in and like operate as a hero because her transformations took a toll on her stamina and she figured it would be smarter to just get like a super suit so while she's like planning everything out she's listening to the radio and i was like yeah she's she's listening to like some like 80s music and my dm goes oh so like boomer radio and i'm like yeah and she goes you're listening to boomer radio this is the um i don't know the fucking (laughs) elton john hour (laughs) <laughs> and so I came up with the idea that I want my moon baby to have a really cool super suit. And my my big brain play was very simple. I'm going to go steal a rocket ship because the material of a rocket ship is very strong and durable for what I need. And it pays tribute to like her whole origin. So we get to that point where I steal the rocket ship. And I and I quietly go, hey, uh, hey, Ruby, um, you remember the Elton John hour, right? And she goes, oh, shit, that was foreshadowing, wasn't it? Because of <laughs> Elton John's hit single, Rocket Man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. My, I love my, that. My favorite part was on the Roll Twenty that we all did this on. Uh, just like to show where the uh, to show where the rocket ship was, she put down a PNG of the Scribblenauts rocket ship, and I just put my character with like her avatar of just like her sitting inside of the cockpit of the rocket ship. I was just very wholesome stuff all around, but I, 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 I do sure love having having stupid bits like that too. Bro, but, uh, mentioning Scribblenauts, you just like opened my childhood. I have Holy a Scribblenauts shit. was so fucking based. It was like the best. Oh, I loved that game. Literally the reason I'm a creative person, maybe a little bit. I need to like rem- uh, do a little bit more into Scribblenauts. I remember getting Scribblenauts on my phone. I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I was like, oh, your this, phone? Is a- this is a cool little game. I like this game. Look, I was four, okay? What the hell? Yeah, they have everything on phone. They have fucking Lego Star Wars on phone. I guess that's true. They have like GTA on phone. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. In, insane. In, yep. Insans. Yep. Insans. They. I don't want to continue this joke. Yeah. So, um, to sort of transition back into our SCP sort of thing, I mentioned that we are we are going to be doing seven thousand six. Um, Matt here will be running the campaign. Uh, we we are going to get a little bit more in depth a little later on, and maybe in a different episode or just privately. But you know, we don't know what classes we're gonna play. I know I know what Jake wants to be. He wants to be the cowboy. Yes. I also want to be the cowboy. You guys can so, fight over the over the cowboy. Yeah, I was just about to say we're gonna have to fight over it. I honestly think what we should do there is like uh, there's like six classes and six of us, right? Uh, there's well, six there's- classes, <laughs> five players. Yeah. Oh. Oh, right, right, because DM. Okay. Um, I think that we should, like, roll a, a D5 and, like, all, uh, like, just get a number. Like, whoever gets the highest goes first and that sort of thing, you know? Like, yeah, chooses I, first. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with whatever. And I'm going to be honest. Um, I I would rather just, like, we, we just keep, like, the things on the character sheet. But we, you know, just 
change up the aesthetics for flavor, flavor things a little yeah, bit, yeah, just to make it a little bit more interesting. I want you to know we're going the, to have three out of five people be cowboys if we do that. Which I suppose I'm, I can't really stop. I, I'm way, just gonna play one of my own OCs for the witch. Yeah, this is gonna be a fucking Valkyrie. What if we? <laughs> I have a. I have an idea. Yeah, you've just given me a horrible, horrible idea. Okay, only good things what can come if, from that. What if we're just like the cowboys from Ram Ranch? <laughs> the Ram Ranch division of the of the of the SCP of the SCP circle. Ram Ranch. Ah, uh, yes, SCP schlong cock and penis. <laughs> Bro, okay, come on. We can't not do that now that I've said this. It's the best idea I've ever had. We've set things into motion. <clears throat> uh, DM speaking here. Uh, you are now going to have to fight the Ram Ranch Cowboys on their home turf. <laughs> no, we have to be the U.S. Marines. Fuckboy Valley. <laughs> Fuckboy Valley, oh no. Yes. Fuckboy Valley is only oh. the beginning, though. You're going oh, to have no, to I'm ascend. Be associated with the U.S. government. You're going to have to ascend Billy Bob's crack. No, not Billy Bob's crack. <laughs> you oh, don't want to know who's I, been there. I don't. I like. I mean, the idea of all of us being cowboys is fine by me, but knowing me, I'm probably going to end up making my own character that isn't a cowboy. What? But Jake really wants to be a cowboy. He really wants to be a cowboy. Maybe I'll talk to Jake about us both being cowboys then. Yeah, you guys can sort of decide between yourselves. You can, you know, have your outlaw and your sheriff sort of ordeal. Um, I, I'm sure I can probably come up with something that works in uh, works in mind with the, uh, the the foundation and its quirkiness and what we have so far inside of our actual, uh, you, like, you, you know. You know what I just realized? Right, right. What did you just realize? I only have one male SCPOC, it's Greg Chudley. All of the rest of my characters are female, but the two villains I mean, I've introduced in my universe are female. I feel that, dude. I've been, uh, for those of you who don't know, I did a charity stream thing for a whole week uh, for my favorite game to raise money for childhood cancer uh, research. And one of the stretch goals that I had for that was to make a dating sim. And I quickly realized that I can't make a good balance of like, non-females to females because most of my characters are females ram ranch dating sim please uh i'm not doing that man i can't do ram ranch Ooh. dating sim i i i can't i really can't i'm sorry maybe in the future you know what's maybe, stopping you? look i want right, to know what's to, keeping you to back. be fair you know hear hear me oh, out on this right if we if we do ram ranch campaign we all have to romance each other in various ways and then you'll make a dating sim, ba- sim based that, off of it. Yeah, that is the dating sim. What if we make like a rule system <laughs> where it's you? Everybody's ram- from Ram Ranch, and it's well, like right, it's all on. about romance. Let me just let me, roll let me to unclench. Roll to unclench. What what is the what is the dice I need for that? Get the roll uh, for d- your d twenty. Uh, your... Roll a d twenty to unclench. All right, all right. Hold on. It's a strength check. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, that is an eighteen. You successfully unclench your asshole. Oh, you, you relax you. it. It's relaxed. It's it's. it's uh, now know. hold on <laughs> there, partner. Oh shit! I it's don't him. think you're the DM here. 
I, I'm not. I, I'm sorry. All right, young Did he fella, asshole? I'm gonna roll a little dice here to see if you can unsqueak that little entrance there. Uh, let's take a look. See here, yeah, D twenty. Then I'll do it. I got a one there, partner. Sorry, you're gonna need some bananas to get your stuff rolling again. <laughs> can I roll? Uh, can I can I roll for cock size? All right, you can roll for cock size. Uh, we'll do a uh, we'll do a D four for that one. <laughs> I didn't know we were going in meters. Miles. <laughs> I wear mine like a belt. All right, uh, you Cock can uh, create children from one county over. I'm okay with that. All right, time if to I, for, if uh, I have another, hold my cock. Can I increase the length? Uh, sure. Let me roll, roll, uh, roll a D six for that. That is All a right. that is a three mile cock for me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you get a uh, you get to increase your cock by exactly one cock. One cock. I'll oh, take it, dude. That's two cocks. That's two cocks. No, what you if just I got attach one, a but rope it's the equivalent it. length of one plus one cock. Right. Oh, okay. What if I attach a rope to it? <laughs> you get an extra five feet of reach. You can hit enemies from an additional five feet away. Roll the jelk. That's like seven cocks. Mm, sorry, gotta, there, partner. You, you haven't reached your uh, your quota today. You can't roll for jelkin yet. What? But anyways, as uh, <laughs> as I was saying, I we should probably figure out who our avatars are gonna be. I think uh, I know Mr. Greg Chudley was uh, wanting to be the cowboy, uh, but if we're doing it just aesthetics wise, I'm sure that it won't really matter. But, if I was going to pick anyone, I was going to pick the black girl, Dr. Imani Monroe. Wow, crazy. I never would have seen that coming. I don't know. Maybe I wanted to pick the one that's most like, just, like no, me, I'm, Matt. I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so, so Sergio would choose the one that's study. Just for everyone's awareness. I, I'll, I'll update my little uh, my little sheet that kept track of all that stuff real quick. Mm-hmm. I, like, uh, I just passed by my quote of, I channel Mike Freeney for big sexy butt. Yes. For big hot butt or something like that. Um, I think we had Jake's secrecy because that was the cowboy one. Uh, I think but so, Again, yeah. we're, doing, we're doing things for aesthetic purposes. Like we can change it up. So it doesn't really matter. No, the cowboy one is a collection. Is it not? No. Oh, no, there's two cowboys, I think. There's two cowboys. What? There's two cowboys? I think so. What? Who's the other cowboy? Under collection. Collection and secrecy. Both kind of look like they could be cowboys. Secrecy looks more like a detective type to me. I would say secrecy. Yeah, secrecy gives me detective vibes. Cowboy right, judging so, what they carry around, they might be a smoker. Beyond that, they're uh, an enigma. It sounds like a, a very uh, deductive type. Well, you guys can de- decide between yourselves then if you who wants to be who. Then I kind of uh, like secrecy. I'm not gonna lie. It looks uh, kind of giving me a cool vibe. I was thinking I was probably gonna end up either. I, choosing, get I was thinking of either Sorry. choosing violence or wonder as my avatar. <laughs> Holy shit! That was the worst voice crack I've had in a long time. Uh, I, I like either or. 
Um, I'm I'm leaning a little. I I I'm, I'll I'll decide. I'll create an entire character for the SCP uh, sort of play that we're going to be going through. Um, well, I mean, I'm gonna draw the characters at some point, anyways. So I just want to kind of figure out things before we get to that point, so we can advertise the episode. You know, with the with the characters all there. Make Very a cool, cool. shirt on it. You know, slap it on a shirt. I'm gonna make it so my character is always naked. I will not allow that. What? I have to draw that. I know. That's why I said it. I'm. I. Th- I liked your idea of just them being like completely incomprehensible to describe, and I was just gonna draw them as like a bunch of static. <laughs> I do kind of like that. I mean, it's up to you. That we have a. This is the SCP universe. We can kind of be a little creative with what we do. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I don't actually you. have much of a concept in mind. I'm not gonna lie. I do need to think about this as well. All right, that's fair. That reminds me. Um, what do you call it? Uh, somebody made a, a tweet. Um, that was like uh, SCP authors. Would you let uh somebody re- make NSFW fan art of your characters? And of course, I'm one of those now. So you know what I said? I said. Fuck it. Yowie Greg Chudley. Let's fucking go. Sexy Greg Chudley. <laughs> I, all right. I will say as someone who is an artist who has, you know, uh, dabbled in suggestive material. Yes, I fully support not safe for work art of my characters who are of legal age. I, I fully endorse it because at that point it's just fan art. And if you're, if you're putting in the, the time and effort to draw them in very uh, personal and private manners... I think that's a bigger compliment to me. Not gonna lie, that is kind yeah, of a I, huge compliment. I, I mean, my, like my site director, it. my site director, canonically has a huge ass. It's the whole joke of the Jorts article. So, like, you know, there's there's some artist interpretation. I said it was big. I said it can't fit into most pants. So, you know, they're packing a dumpy, all right. Let let they're let's let's uh, let's, let's 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 see let's see what what people interpret to, interpret that as. Yeah, I think there's a, I, I do think that there is a lot that, you know, we can do with this in terms of our, uh, in terms of our characters, because I think that would be, it's going to be interesting when we get to that point, but I, I really do want to sort of get it to where all of us have, like, a, a unique character that isn't, like, from, like, you know, the the pre-made avatars, we can still keep all the stats and stuff, like, that's that's what I'm focusing on, but, like, the lore, their backstory, their, their like, appearance and who they are can change. Right, right. Are we keeping? Uh, or do we want to like do this within this podcast today? I mean, I'm fine with just doing this like afterwards. Like we can kind of brainstorm on our own and come together. Yeah, I was gonna say, later, I'd like to and then that. we can have like the proper re- like we have like a proper reveal of each of them as we go through the uh, the sort of module. You know, I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. Actually, that'd be or, very cool. Yeah, I think we can. I think there's many ways to do this. Um, as as the resident artist, I think I'll, I'll take on the responsibility of getting everyone's information together and stuff like that to like give us portraits. And then uh, if it's up to Matt as the DM what he wants to do for character introductions, if we want to introduce it all together as a group, or if we want to sort of uh, let our let our machinations run wild and then reconvene hmm. and introduce each other. I think uh, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to have you guys decide on that. If you guys want to have already known each other, or if you want to introduce your characters to each other, 
I mean, like already well, know I, each other, like in in character or in character, like out of if you already know each other. Like I, I think the way that I was describing it is, uh, the the two methods was we all sort of group together in like the group chat, like build our characters together, so it's sort of unified. Or the other option, which is we all sort of create our own characters and have their own sort of things going on, and then when we get to the recording, we introduce it to each other, sort of like you know. So everyone, th- everyone has their own sort of idea of what they want to do, like a bunch of different misfits being put together and then coming full circle to be like, yes, this is who my character is. I guess mm-hmm. uh, a better way of doing it is like if you've seen Critical Role, how, how they do it, where they introduce each other to their characters for the first time and they build their characters off screen and they're like away from each other. So no one gets spoiled on who they are. Or the other way, which is we just all like come together as like a proper session zero as a tabletop group and build our characters together well, I, and have unified traits and connections. Well, I had an idea um, because it, as I'm as I'm I'm reading through the seven thousand six page, which in universe it's like all right, we have to do this ritual, and the ritual is done by playing through a tabletop game. So what if for the beginning of the campaign? We, we just be in characters as, like, researchers. Like, we, we know each other. We've been working on this. And then we just, like, that's how we introduce our characters. Like, we just be like, all right, everybody, we're getting ready for 7006 Warden. Please present your characters. Yep, I think that works Kinda out pretty the well, actually. Aspect of it. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would be, I think that'd be a fun one to do. Um, I, I, I think that does lean into the method of us separating and doing it ourselves and then when we come together to actually do the first like proper session that's how we sort of run it i like that yeah and and, yeah and and then we could add some humor to it oh in our in our role play where we saw our characters and we're like johnson what the fuck character is that and it's 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 like the fucking like uh scene from american psycho (laughs) with the business card (laughs) yeah Oh, it's rounded. It's uh, it's laminate. It's like Johnson. What the fuck is that? I'm sorry that you don't understand the appeal of Major Bubba, my character. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I didn't I, put a lot I, of work I, into it. We're trying to save the world. I just threw something together. I think that would probably be the most interesting way that we could do it, uh, in mm-hmm. the in the presentation wise for this SCP. You know. I agree. That sounds really fun. I like that idea a lot. All right. I will. I will make sure that Kybert and uh, Greg Gregothy Chudley are aware of this sort of angle that we're going for. And then when we actually do the first session, we can sort of, instead of advertising it like we usually do, we can sort of lean into that role play aspect of just like, here is the file, like audio log files of researchers uh, going through this or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. I really need to pee right now. So I'm going to go do that. I think we should actually just wrap up the episode now. Let's go ahead and just wrap it up. Brilliant. Yeah, I think we I think we got to a good point where we can just mm-hmm. wrap it up. Yeah, awesome. but yeah, I w- I'll just add this last bit, like, yeah. such, like either such, like like when when we do the episode, like Matt in his narrator voice, he reads the page, so the background is on the thing, and then it's just like, all right, researchers, you know, we're at the table, present your characters, and then Matt, the the head researcher, begins the game. Yeah, that had to be fun. Awesome. Sounds good. I, yeah. I like that idea a lot. Actually, it will give me a chance to mention my uh my like researcher researcher character researcher character who dies canonically very very quickly. Damn. Ouch. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Watch SCP Foundation files if you want to find out about that. Hmm. Kind of maybe. I don't really know. Yeah, we haven't really nailed it down. But maybe 
Uh, anyways, I I really need to go pee, so are we good? Yeah, we good. love you. Good. Goodbye. Love you. I don't. I love you too. I don't. <laughs>